Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour three. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. If you want to be on the program, as always, text Eric E R I C K to three three seven seven seven. You can get the show notes, the live stream, the podcast. Find me on social media. All of that. It's all there. Uh, and by the way, we've been putting up the long monologues on YouTube. And uh, so those of you you've been asking for for this past week in particular, so many people asking for. Um, uh, audio from the show, you can get the podcast, but if you just, if you want to see the video monologues, you go to uh, YouTube and you can get them youtube.com slash EW Erickson. They're at rumble as well. If you're on rumble, same thing, EW Erickson. Um, now I, I'm, I'm shifting some stuff around here because there, there's some news happening that I want to get to. My friend, Tim Scott is uh, running a, a positive race for president. Tim Scott's a really good guy, and he has a positive, optimistic vision for the United States of America. The concern about Tim Scott is that he doesn't have what it takes to fight. He He's not a fighter. And you got Republicans who think we need to have someone who can throw a punch, and that's worked against Tim Scott. So he was at my gathering in August. Hard to believe it's been two months now. Uh, But Tim was at the gathering, and when he left the stage, when I got to interact with the crowd, a lot of people were muttering, man, I really like that guy, but I just think he's too nice. He's, he's, He's too precious. Like, people didn't want him to be beat up on the presidential stage, and they didn't think he could beat up the other side. And, and they loved everything he had to say, but that's a problem. Well, his super PAC is now announcing it's suspending all of its uh, ad buy-in. That's a terrible sign. Tim Scott's got metrics he's got to meet to get on the next debate stage, and when his campaign is going silent, uh, he probably can't meet those. This is probably a fatal blow to his candidacy. I don't expect him to drop out. He may hang on. He may drive around Iowa in his car. Um, but this is near fatal to his presidential ambitions if this is, is happening. Um, it's it's something that um, we got to keep an eye on. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley continues to get traction. Uh, if you look at, and again, I, I, I'm not a big believer in the polls per se, but if you look at the actual polling trend lines, uh, what you you can you can find some notable things, and one of those notable things is that though Donald Trump continues to go up, Nikki Haley is going up as well. Everybody else is kind of declining. DeSantis is kind of holding steady. Uh, Ramaswamy's gone up a little bit, but Haley has now surpassed him in the polling averages. Fox News has her at ten. Fox News has Nikki Haley in double digits now, as does Insider Advantage. 
Insider Advantage has Trump 50, DeSantis 15, Haley 14. Fox has uh, Trump 59, uh, DeSantis 13, Haley 10. CNN's latest poll has Trump 58, DeSantis 17, Haley 8. It's all meaningless because Trump is over 50%. So if everybody dropped out except for Haley and DeSantis, Trump's still over 50%. He's still the nominee at the national level. But we don't operate like that. We operate state by state in the primaries, and that's an issue. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley, who was the U.N. ambassador, was the governor of South Carolina, has been very clear on the issue of Israel and Hamas, and she's getting some traction. She was on Meet the Press with Kristen Welker this weekend. This is what a, part of what she said. I have been concerned. I have been terribly worried about the fact that Iran has said the easiest way to get into America is through the southern border. We have an open border. People are coming through. They're not being vetted. We don't need to wait for another 9-11. You also look at the fact that, Kristen, America is incredibly distracted and incredibly divided. And when America's distracted, the world is less safe. And look at what happened to Israel. They waited for them to be distracted. And that's when your enemies move in. America needs to wake up. We need to put this negativity and division behind us and we need to focus on national security for ourselves and for our friends and start thinking about what it's going to take to get America strong again. I have been- That was Nikki Haley with Meet the Press. Uh, strong statement. She's going up in the polls. Uh, she is now in multiple polls in double digits. The only person besides DeSantis and Trump. I think this race really is a race between DeSantis, Haley and Trump. And with Donald Trump, there's some troubling signs afoot for him, though it's not reflected in the polls. Donald Trump only raised slightly more than $100,000 in the third quarter from individuals. That's actually a big red alert. If you you take the totals Trump raised, Donald Trump raised, uh, when you include just PACs and uh, individuals, he raised about $200,000. DeSantis did millions from individuals. But Trump has a lot of cash on hand. The problem here is where that money comes from. Uh, overwhelmingly, Donald Trump in the third quarter fundraising raised his money from related super PACs. So from leadership PACs and things like that, Trump raised most of his money. It appears on paper that he's got $35 million on hand. Most of that money, though, comes from transfers back from other campaign-associated PACs. DeSantis, on the other hand, uh, has about $12 million on hand, and he raised millions of dollars from individuals. That matters because one of the complaints against DeSantis early on was that he could only raise money from super PACs. He couldn't raise money from individuals. DeSantis is outraising everyone with individuals right now. And when you look at what's happening in Iowa on the ground there, uh, DeSantis is gaining momentum. When you look at Trump's spending in Iowa, there's a red flag for Donald Trump in that he's still spending more money against DeSantis than he is to promote himself or to attack Joe Biden. And meanwhile, DeSantis is, well, out getting people home from Israel and again, taking on the border issue. This is DeSantis over the weekend on the Sunday shows. Oh, uh, but no one's talking about getting Gazan refugees here right now. They can't even get out of Gaza at the moment. Well, people uh, have that's... mentioned it. I think some of the far left have said this is something that we should do. The U.S. has done done similar things in the past. And so I just put my stake in the ground. Okay. Uh, that's where we're going to be. And I think that uh, everyone running for president on the Republican side should follow suit. Yes. 
they should. By the way, the third GOP debate is going to be in Miami. NBC is going to do it. I don't know why they would give it to NBC, uh, but they have. It's going to be in Miami. Uh, DeSantis' home turf. He's probably going to have a good crowd there. Here's the thing. DeSantis chartered a flight and got 300 Americans out of Israel. Joe Biden did not do that. Donald Trump did not do that. None of the other Republican candidates did that. That's leadership. The question is, can DeSantis highlight this? It, 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 it bridges a campaign issue between him and Haley. DeSantis has shown himself to be a domestic policy uh, Trump guy. Haley has kind of marched to the beat of her own drummer, and she is very strong on foreign policy. Uh, the, the, is, those pro-Israel Americans love Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley loves them. She's been very strong on this issue. She's very good on this issue. She's known for her foreign policy stance. If this campaign starts to take on the tinge of foreign policy problems, that's a benefit to Haley. Frankly, it, it makes a compelling uh, ticket with Nikki Haley on it, whether president or vice president. Haley speaks to foreign policy. She's got a, a keen sense of, of how to do it. She was also a great governor, but she's been out of the picture from governor for a while, and that's where DeSantis is leaning in. So you've got DeSantis using money to hire a charter flight to Israel to rescue 300 Americans. That's something Joe Biden has not done. That's something Donald Trump has not done. Donald Trump's got a 757. That 757 with extra tanks uh, could, could fly. You'd have to stop somewhere, but it could get over there. That's one of the winning things Trump could do. Trump could send over Trump Force One, landed in Tel Aviv, blazing with the Trump logo and bring people home, but he hadn't done that. The plane DeSantis sent was not labeled in the DeSantis campaign logo, but they were referring to it as DeSantis Airlines. But that's a leadership moment. Now, the question I have, the question I have is, can the DeSantis team capitalize on this? delicately. You want it to be a campaign issue. You just don't want to look like he did it because it was a campaign issue. So how do they navigate that? How do they thread the needle on that? Going to have to find out. Going to have to see what they do. But it was a pretty impressive uh, play by DeSantis to do that. Um, this, by the way, uh, a little more on DeSantis. He's trying to be as strong as he can on Israel. Because, again, you got to understand that uh, a lot of Republican donors are very strong on Israel. And they've been looking at Nikki Haley lately because of Nikki Haley's stand on Israel because they know where she stands. And she's solid on the issue. You don't have to second-guess Haley. Where does DeSantis actually stand on the issue? He's been standing very strong as well lately, trying to impact those donors. This is at play because, again, this race right now really is outside of Donald Trump between Haley and DeSantis as they battle it out. I won't be surprised if in this next debate in Miami you see Haley and DeSantis go after each other more. She's been going after Vivek Ramaswamy. She's now ahead of him in the polls. And where does she go? Next would be DeSantis. This is DeSantis. Uh, the Palestinian Authority been... is moving towards a, a two-state solution. That's why I asked if you had 
support for a two-state solution. Well, they've solution. rejected that in the past. Uh, Arafat rejected it uh, in it's, 2000. It was a ridiculous deal. It probably would have put Israel in situations where they would have had some serious security concerns, but they were willing to go forward. And I think the history of the last 75 years, Israel has always been willing to take tough steps for peace, and they've always had rejection on the other side, and the other side has typically chosen war. So that's the cycle. So I would not push Israel to grant statehood to people that don't recognize their right to exist as a Jewish state. He's good on that issue. Last night, a Euro-Atlantic charter, it was a 7, I said a 747, it was a triple seven, landed with 300 Americans, 91 children who had been stuck in Israel. Can his campaign make hay out of that on the campaign trail without it seeming crass? There's a fine line between making it look hyper-opportunistic and making it look like you did it for the right reasons, and Americans kind of have a BS detector on this stuff. Can he do that? Possibly. It's something that Donald Trump didn't do, Nikki Haley didn't do, Vivek Ramaswamy with all of his money didn't do, and Joe Biden didn't do. The best Joe Biden is offering is to put people on a boat out of Tel Aviv to get them to Cyprus, and they can catch a flight from there, but they got to reimburse the American government. That's the best the Biden administration is offering. They can't do more than that because they spent all their money bailing out student loans of Hamas supporters in the United States. So the DeSantis campaign stepped up and showed real leadership. Will it translate and will it matter? I don't know. I don't know. Donald Trump's polling is still very strong, over 50%. But when I see that Donald Trump only got 100-some-odd thousand dollars from individuals on the campaign trail in the last quarter, and DeSantis got millions, and I see that Donald Trump is spending most of his money attacking DeSantis, not, not building himself up, not attacking Joe Biden, attacking DeSantis, it really does make me wonder, what is the Trump campaign scene that causes them to still so aggressive, even after they said they were going to pivot and just focus on Biden, why are they continuing to do it? When you look at the grassroots, the small dollar donors suddenly flooding DeSantis with money, it does suggest there's something happening that maybe the polling hasn't picked up. And maybe the DeSantis argument is sound. You go all in on Iowa, show that the, the, the God King bleeds, and suddenly people realize, hey, we don't have to be stuck with Trump. That seems to be their plan. Maybe it's working. When you see that many millions of dollars flowing to DeSantis and not to Trump from small dollar dollars, I mean, we're talking very less than $250 per person, and it's flowing to DeSantis, not Trump. And Trump is pouring money into his campaign from, from outside PACs to try to cover how much money he's spending on lawyers so it makes it look like he's got more money on hand than he actually does. And Trump is spending as much money as he is going after DeSantis in Iowa despite saying he would pivot to take on Joe Biden. It just success there is, suggests there's something under the currents we're not seeing, and it benefits DeSantis. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number. 877-973-7425. So while all of this is going on, my kids have been in lockdown at their school. Four prisoners cut a fence at the county jail, hopped in a blue charger, and drove off as the sun was rising this morning. It appears they actually escaped at 3 o'clock this morning. The, the local county jail didn't realize it until they found a hole in the fence at 6 o'clock this morning. And they didn't tell the public until 11 o'clock this morning. So who knows how far the guys got, but my kid's school went into lockdown uh, when the report came out that there were loose prisoners in the county. One of them wanted for murder, the other uh, drug charges. And uh, so the, just got a text from my kid saying, we're out of lockdown. 
I don't know that they found the four prisoners yet, but I guess they're they're far enough away or caught that uh, not not a matter. But yeah, I keep, I've been getting updates from my kid so far all day. Like, Dad didn't bring lunch because I was going to go to lunch for lunch. They won't let me get DoorDash. <laughs> I'm hungry. Bring food, but you can't because we're in lockdown. You're not allowed to come in. Nope, not allowed to come in. That's why you should have packed your lunch today instead of deciding you were going to go spend my money on lunch and things like that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, the things you deal with as a parent. We're going through the FAFSA form stuff. I got to work with my kid, and I know that. So most colleges, even if you're you're looking for scholarships and stuff, or you, you don't intend to, to uh, do student loans, you got to fill out the federal uh, financial aid form, FAFSA, they call it. And it is like a, a, a proctological exam of the parents' finances for the kid. I never understood this as a kid. Uh, I'm going to college, not my parents. Uh, why am I penalized? Because my parents might make some money. I never understood that. And in, in forcing your kids to get student loans and stuff, I'm hoping my kid gets good scholarships. I hope she gets good scholarship. Um, but I got to fill out the FAFSA form with her. I try, gotta try to convince her to apply to a couple more colleges too. She only there's only one she wants to go to, and I'm proud. It's my alma mater, Mercer. She she wants to go there. Um, I'm hoping she can get a good scholarship if she goes there. Um, but she's looking at Georgia Tech still as well. She's kind of disengaged on Georgia Tech from some of the the encounters she had. Um, visit didn't go so great. She's looking at Kennesaw State. I'm trying to get her to go to U, apply to UGA and Auburn as well. She wants to do engineering, but in any event. I'm at that point in life where my kid's applying to college, and it is it, it seems more overwhelming being the parent than it did to me as a kid. I don't even remember my parents like like dealing with all of it with me. I just did it. Um, my kid wants me to be involved with her. I guess that's great, but it's stressful. In any event, i got to tell you about Americans for Prosperity before I get out of here. They're doing their roadshow, their, their tour, their bus tour of America against Bidenomics. So here's the thing. It, you can complain all you want about Bidenomics, but you got to have an alternative to it. And Americans for Prosperity, they've got that alternative. It is deregulation. It is loosening rules on small businesses to become big businesses. It's freeing up the free market to shine. It's allowing free people to engage freely with each other to make money without an overburdensome regulatory state led by Joe Biden. They've got the plan. They've got the vision. And we know historically it works. They want you on their side to make the case to your neighbors, your local government, your state government. All you got to do is go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You go sign up with them. They've got over 4 million activists around the country. They're going door to door. They're going to city councils and school boards and state governments explaining why Bidenomics is bad and how we can unleash the full potential of the free market. americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Greetings. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson. The phone number 877-973-7425. I want to go to Ariel. You're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How are you today? Good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Just a quick question. Um, I didn't know if you had anything um, to say about the Louisiana governor's race. And in addition, if you had any insight on any of the polling coming out of um, Kentucky and Mississippi for those? Because, I mean, it's, it looks like it's closer than it should be for a Republican. So yeah. Just if you had anything you wanted to add on those. And I'll listen I'm, off I'm, the phone. I'll listen. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling. Yeah, first of all, my people in Louisiana, they, they got it right. Jeff Landry is going to be the governor of Louisiana. He'll swing that seat back to the GOP. 
John Bell Edwards, the Democrat, has been in there, uh, and now you've got a trifecta in the state. So the Republicans control the legislature, not the Democratic, uh, not not the governor's mansion. And now Jeff Landry will take it. The Republicans keep the legislature, so you got a, a Republican trifecta. They control the House, the Senate. The governor's mansion. Landry, good guy. I, I supported him. He was he, the attorney general. He was a longtime congressman. He's just a good old Cajun. I just I, I adore listening to the guy speak. He's got a great accent, and he's just he's he'll be good. He'll be a great governor in Louisiana. Uh, more populist uh, than conservative, which is kind of the nature of Louisiana politics. He'll be able to build some bridges with Democrats in the legislature, get stuff done. He'll he'll be a good one now. The race in Kentucky is the the Emerson polling is bad for Daniel Cameron, but Emerson isn't a great pollster. But uh, you've got um, the governor of Kentucky has been a fairly popular governor, and it's going to be tough to beat an incumbent governor. Daniel Cameron is the attorney general in Kentucky. He's black. He is a popular attorney general. But you're also dealing with Andy Bashir, who is of a political dynasty in Kentucky. And let me tell you what Andy Bashir does. Uh, what Andy Bashir does is he vetoes legislation from uh, the, S- the Republican legislature. Like, for example, Republicans in the legislature in Kentucky passed legislation prohibiting uh, gender transitions for minors. The Republicans have a supermajority in the Kentucky legislature. So Bashir vetoes the gender transition legislation. The legislature overrides his veto, and Andy Bashir, I kid you not, is literally campaigning on, in Kentucky, we've made it safe. You can't do gender transitions in Kentucky. He vetoed the legislation. But now he's running as if he supported it because the legislature overrode it. This is what he does. And you got a lot of low information voters in Kentucky. They're not paying attention. He's got favorable press and people buy into it. But Cameron's a good dude. And he won statewide attorney general. The uh, Emerson College has Bashir up 16. Um, what's notable is the partisan polling. The Club for Gross poll has a, a uh, eight-point race with Bashir in the lead. And the Hart Research has a nine-point race. They're Democrats. So you got the Democrats have a nine, eight or nine-point lead. <clears throat> the Republicans have a six to eight-point lead for the Democrats. That's actually good because the race still got a couple more weeks. Um, and Cameron can close the deal between now and then. It's going to be good. Um, now, I want to talk about a big picture item for you. I keep mentioning this, and I, I don't want you to think I'm a broken record on this. So let, let me explain to you what's going on. The, the show is now, we're continuing to expand. We started as a show just in Atlanta. Then when we were 9 to noon um, doing our syndicated show, it was just Georgia, about um, about 19 stations in Georgia. We're now closing out on 40 stations. We, we get new stations about every week now. We're growing and I keep getting some of the same questions from new listeners. We got listeners now from California to Connecticut, from Oregon down to Miami. And I want to say something again because I keep getting this question. I mean, this I have gotten this question more in the last week than I've ever gotten before. 
and I'm still getting it. And I think if I'm still getting it from that many people, that it's worth me reiterating it. So the question is the one you may be guessing. Are these the end times? Is this the end? There is fear and trepidation in the people who call this program and ask. You can hear it in their voice. They are deeply disturbed. There are concerns with the people who email and ask it. They're they're really concerned. As Sean Hannity might say, let not your heart be troubled. So I want to, I want I, I, I get hate mail sometimes from people. I, it, it aggravates my wife sometimes that I don't get exercised about particular issues. People want me to be mad at something. They want me to be worked up. They want me to, to be angry, to respond in certain ways out of anger. It has taken me a long time to get to this point. But here is my philosophy, and it really comes from Calvin Coolidge. So Calvin Coolidge, this is my management style with work and dealing with people as well. When you see 10 problems bounding down the road, if you just stand still, nine of the 10 will bound off the road before they get to you. But there's also something else. Is there anything I can do to change the situation? If not, don't worry about it. There's no reason to be angry about it. You may not like it, but there's no reason to be angry about it. Can you put the genie in the bottle in Israel? Can you? Can you stop Hamas? Can you get the hostages back? If not, stop worrying about it. It's out of your control. God's will be done. God's got this, not you. We in this country, and it is particularly something about people in the United States more than any other nation on the planet. It's part of who we are as a people. We think we can fix something. We think that we see some problem somewhere in the world and we can fix it. Whether we can write a check or we can send missionaries, we can send the government, we can send the military, we can do something, we can fix it. And sometimes you can't. Are these the end times? Technically, the moment Christ walked out of the tomb, the end times began. Is this like the final hundred years? Probably so. If you if you're if you're a dispensationalist, at least you look at the the two thousand years from Adam to Abraham, or from Noah to Abraham, two thousand years from Abraham to Jesus. So it works in two thousand increments. So here we are. We're we're somewhere around the two thousandth year post resurrection. He's got to be coming back any day. This could be it. Is it tomorrow? I can confidently tell you, Jesus Christ is not coming back tomorrow. I can confidently tell you that. Why? Because there are still unfulfilled prophecies from the New Testament, including putting Scripture in every language of the world. If you go to the Museum of the Bible, you'll see how many languages still need the Bible translated in them, and we're not there yet. So we can't come back tomorrow. What about 50 years from now? It's possible. But who knows? So why be bothered by it? I know that you look at the world stage, you see Joe Biden asleep at the switch. You have children who are draft age or maybe in the military. My sister's son is now in the Air National Guard and you fret a little bit. Now, I know this is my worldview and I know it's preachy for some of you, but I am a firm believer in the phrase, God's got this. 
there is nothing I can do, nothing at all. To the extent there's something I can do, I can be engaged in the political process and I can vote for who I think is the best and maybe my guy wins or not. At the end of the day, God's got this, not you. You can't change the dynamic between China and the United States. You can't change Hamas's mind. You can't persuade Joe Biden to do something he doesn't want to do. And you can't persuade him to not do something he does want to do. So calm down. And it's easier said than done. But I practice that which I preach. You have to realize there are some things in this world that are bigger than you that you can't affect. And the only thing you can do is pray about it. And you can pray without ceasing. But God's got this. You don't. So there's no reason to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. And you shouldn't worry about today. The Bible says worry is a sin. Now, my life motto is why pray when I can worry. I get it. I understand the desire to worry. That's what I do for a living. I am a professional worrier. But I also have learned enough to know the things I cannot change, the things that I cannot impact, the things that I cannot control. And of those things, I can look on them, I can remark on them, I can study them, I can learn from them, I can suggest courses uh, of action for those in charge who might listen to me, but I myself, I play no role in changing those things, and neither do any of you. So why worry about them? There are plenty of things in your immediate backyard you can worry about. There are plenty of things you can do. You can make sure your family knows you love them. You can make sure your family is safe. You can make sure your family is in a good financial position. You can work on getting yourselves out of debts so your family can live a little more comfortably and enjoy this world as best they can. You can be generous to your church, to your local nonprofits, to your family. You can make sure other people are living more comfortably. You cannot fix the Hamas-Israel situation, but you might be able to fix the problem of a homeless person in your community. So fix that instead. There are only so many hours in the day for us to be worked up over this stuff. Is it concerning? Yes. Is it alarming? Yes. Does it make it all the less comfortable knowing we got a dementia patient as president while China, Russia, and Iran are conspiring, and those around our dementia patient conspiring are probably conspiring with the bad guys? Yeah, that's real concerning. Bothers me too. Bothers me greatly. But there's nothing I can do about it, so what can I do? I can take care of my family. I can take care of my friends. I can take care of problems in my local community. I can feel like I'm accomplishing something here locally when I know there's nothing I can accomplish nationally or internationally. There are things I can do to help others. I can write checks. I can volunteer. There are things I can do, but I have to be able to discern, can I help here or can I help there? Where can I help? Where can you help? What can you do while knowing God's got this? So don't let your heart be troubled. There's no reason to worry about these things. Worrying will not change them. Worrying will do nothing. If you're a prayer warrior, pray. If you're an activist, well, activate. Go write a check. Go volunteer somewhere locally. Improve your local community. Improve the lives of those around you. I suspect hard times are coming. The American military appears to be gearing up for war. They're stockpiling blood and ammunition. Multiple ammo dealers over the weekend sent notices to people that they were no longer fulfilling uh, civilian orders for ammunition. That should be a big warning sign. Something might be coming. They might be preparing. They might be short of supplies. I don't know how to read it, but what I do know is I can't affect it. I can't change it, and neither can you. So you get nowhere by worrying about it. 
We do not know when the actual end is. We have no idea. So why worry about it? It's a lot easier said than done. I know. Again, I'm a professional worrier. I know. It's easier to worry than it is to not. But there's nothing you can do, and there's nothing I can do. So the hallmark of a spiritual maturity is to focus on the things that you can impact and stop worrying about the things you can't. It's not easy. It's not easy. But I know it's the right thing to do for your own peace of mind. If nothing else, it's a distraction from the worries of the international stage and all the stories around us. There's someone somewhere in your local community who needs your help, maybe your friends or family. I pray often these days, I, I, I pray that God's generous with me and my job and my career so that I can be generous with others. Your generosity means a lot to other people. And if you're worried about the world going to hell in a handbasket, you can meaningfully prevent the handbasket from sliding through your neighborhood with your generosity, through your sweat equity, from your ability to write money, to write checks to fund things. You can do those things. You can control the world where you can control the world. And the hallmark of someone who's going to find peace of mind is knowing to be able to control the things they can and let go of the things they can't control. And if you do that, you might sleep better at night instead of worrying about the end of the world tomorrow because the end of the world is not tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to be. But I do know that I can't stop it from happening, and neither can you. So just focus on the things that you can improve and focus on stopping the things you can stop and focus on starting the things you can start. And you'll be better off, your peace of mind, when these insane times we live in. Now, if you're worried about your money and investing as well, you can talk to the folks at Swiss America. They have been sounding the alarm on the secret war on cash, the all-out assault on freedoms with soaring interest rates, squeezing the economy, banks teetering on collapse. You know, 10 regional banks have had their credit downgraded lately. Swiss America can educate you on ways to protect your hard-earned assets. You can read their special report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy's free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash, including digital forms of currency, it's spreading daily. So read The Secret War on Cash free to you guys. All you do is mention me, Eric Erickson, when you call or text 800-289-2646. That's right. You can call or text my name to 800-289-2646. You can also visit SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. That's E-R-I-C-K. Message and data rates may apply. If you call them or text them, 800-289-2646. Get The Secret War on Cash Report. It's free to you guys. Or you can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric. That's SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K. The judge in Washington handling that Trump trial has issued a partial gag order to Donald Trump. He's not allowed to talk about uh, the prosecutor and the staff and the judge and the judge's staff. And on social media, of course, it's a banana republic. It's like Venezuela. Y'all, I don't have much sympathy for this stuff. I was a lawyer. These things happen. You, when you start mouthing off about the prosecutor prosecuting you, prosecuting you and the judge's law clerk, it's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy on, on the allegations that this is some next-level terrible thing. This, this happens in court. This happens not just to Donald Trump, but somehow uh, when it happens to him, it's the worst thing ever, and we're a banana republic. No, he has no impulse control, and everybody knows it. He mouthed off about the lawyers. He mouthed off about the judge and her law clerk, and now the judge has opposed a gag order. It was inevitable. Let me tell you what happens sometimes when Donald Trump mouths off. In 2016, I did not support Donald Trump, and he mouthed off about me on social media. 
And we had people show up at our house to threaten us and had to have armed security at our home for months on end because he kept mouthing off about me and crazy people would show up. Uh, crazy people chase my kids through a store. Crazy people harass my kids at school. Um, but he doesn't seem to understand what happens with crazy people around him when he mouths off on this stuff. So I'm not particularly sympathetic given what his mouthing off about me caused to my family. I kind of understand why the judge opposed a gag order. It is something that happens in American jurisprudence. And when you hear people say this is beneath the court and how dare the court said the court does this all the time. It just so happens that oftentimes when the court does it, the defendant is not named Donald Trump and not a single one of his supporters cares. But also, also, you don't have a lot of defendants in criminal cases who mouth off about the judge and the law clerk and the prosecutor and the other lawyers involved. Um, This doesn't normally happen because normally the defendants shut up uh, and just go through the trial. I just, I don't know. Are we supposed to to hold Donald Trump to the same standard or different? Because I'm I'm confused here because people say there's a double standard and, and now he's being treated like other defendants who mouth off about judges and so now somehow it's bad but uh, do we not want him treated to a double standard because if you don't want him treated to a double standard other defendants who mouth off about the judges and the law clerks and the prosecutors they get a gag order too so I'm confused as to what the standard is for how I'm supposed to deal with this other than I really don't care justice will be done this is a terrible case I think he can win it the case I'm worried about for Trump is the classified documents case I don't see how he Wins that one, except he's got a judge who is so skeptical of the prosecutor that that's helping him. Um, but that's kind of a cut and dry case if they can show he did what they claim he did. Um, these others, though, they're just garbage. The Fulton County case is a garbage case that should be thrown out of court by the judge. But still, gag orders, they're a thing. It's not something new. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.